Happy New Year and welcome to episode two of your path to success with your host Ruth Kearns Volman. This podcast is here to inspire, encourage and equip you on your leadership journey through personal stories, case studies and real life examples. In episode one, Virginie Elias, the Chief Sustainability Officer of PNG, spoke about personal integrity and the importance of acting on what you believe as a key ingredient of leadership. Acting on what we believe often requires us to take personal risk, or as Virginie so wonderfully put it, be brave, not perfect. My guest on today's episode, Simon Gilbo, knows what it's like to take personal risk for the sake of a greater cause. I was fortunate enough to be able to interview Simon back in October 2018 about his take on leadership and success after 20 years working in Burundi as a social entrepreneur. When I listened to the interview again to prepare for this episode, what struck me was just how matter-of-fact Simon was about his rather extraordinary experience and achievements. So I thought I'd give you a little background so you can understand the context to his leadership perspective. Simon left a comfortable life working in the city of London to go to Burundi in 1999 when it was considered one of the most dangerous places on the planet. After surviving seven years of genocide and civil war, Simon set up an NGO called Great Lakes Outreach, or GLO, with the vision to transform Burundi, one of the poorest and hungriest nations in the world, by working with gifted local leaders of integrity. In Burundi, Simon is known for founding orphanages, schools, and the best hotel in Bujumbura. But over and above that, Simon is known as a leader of faith and integrity who walks his talk. During the crisis in Burundi in 2015, many, if not most people who could flee the country did. Simon and his family stayed. In 2018, he decided to return to the UK with his family, leaving the GLO work in Burundi in the capable hands of the local leaders he'd raised. As Simon said, his legacy in Burundi is that he doesn't need to be there anymore. GLO continues to have a huge impact in Burundi, helping well over 100,000 of the neediest people every year in sustainable ways. So with that short background, I encourage you to listen to what Simon has to say about leadership, and in particular the importance of relationships, staying true to your values, and moving from success to significance. Enjoy the interview. So today I have a very special guest, Simon Gilbo. Simon, you're a social entrepreneur, you're um, also a cyclist, an author, a speaker, a family man, and you've just come back from 20 years working in Burundi, one of the poorest and hungriest places in the world. Um, Welcome. Great, thank you. Great to be with you. And coming back from that experience, the first thing I wanted to ask you is um, what it was like to go to Buckingham Palace, because recently you won an award with your wife, Lizzie, you won an MBE for your services in Burundi, and you came straight from Burundi to Buckingham Palace. What was that like? Well, it was it was great fun. It was surreal because literally we we came back one day from we're the second hung, hungriest country in the world, and then yeah, the next day we we drove into Buckingham Palace with our car that we just picked up, which was covered with 
splashed with bird turds. <laughs> it's the roughest car, literally. We asked the guy, had you ever seen a car like this come into Buckingham Palace? Uh, and so we drove in. The Brits do that so well, the sort of pump and ceremony. So it was wonderful. We had a great time with our parents, you know, our dear loved ones with us. And it was a great honour for us, but actually in receiving it, we received it for the team. We know that we, we, we represented a whole bunch of fabulous people in Burundi that have worked with us for the last 20 years. So it was to us, but we took it for the team. That's great. And it's a very public recognition, isn't it? And with, with everything that goes along with that. But what does success mean for you personally? What is your biggest success in your eyes? Well, I suppose the biggest thing I aspire to is to live authentically, to align uh, my the outworking of my life with the values I espouse. And now I'm a follower of Jesus, so that would be what defines how I choose to live. But, um, you know, looking at what other people would say that I've done well compared... I know what I've done well and I know what I haven't done well, and I would define success differently to how they define success. So for me, as I look at Burundi, you know, we've been there 20 years, uh, we built some incredible projects I mean but but that's what I, I'd be known for I'd be known for being this hotel that's number one on TripAdvisor which is a social enterprise to create jobs and plow the profits back into outreach and training and education I'd be known for you know building these five schools and three orphanages and that sort of stuff and and, and so and yet you know I'm much more excited about the fact that there are thousands thousands tens of thousands of lives that are completely impacted and we've raised a whole generation of leaders that can do more, that can see further and go uh, and go further than we can based on the fact that we've empowered them. So success for me would be more uh, looking at how we've raised people rather than, than stuff and seeing the, the impact that has been made but that will be made in future generations on the back of that. Yeah, that's... That's amazing. You talked about values, but also about investing in, in people and leaving a legacy. Um, what's your legacy? Well, I suppose the legacy is, I mean, we, we back 12 organizations. So I suppose my, my vision became more defined and refined through the years, which was to identify the best local leaders of passion, integrity, gifting and vision for the transformation of the nation. And so the legacy is that I don't actually need to be there anymore. And that on the ground right now, um, so many lives are being impacted because people in leadership positions who already had a great vision, but may maybe lacking uh, some expertise or some, some guidance and fine, fine tuning of their visions and some financial uh, support to get it done. They are able now to do their vision. So I, you know, stepping back into the background and, and launching other people, that to me has been a, a massive joy. Mm. And that's like a foundation of leadership, isn't it? To have other people who you're raising up. And another aspect of leadership, which people talk about a lot, is our response to failure. What have been some of your biggest challenges or failures and what have you learned from that? Well, I could tell you a few examples on that. Uh, I think of one precious uh, leader of ours who's incredibly capable um, and he ran a street kids project and uh, I made the mistake looking back, it's easy to see, isn't it? But looking back, I should have stopped allowing him to f not deliver on what we'd agreed on much earlier than I did. So basically we'd, because I love these street kids and these street kids were, were desperately in need, I would constantly allow him to agree on something with me and then fail to deliver on that, which actually meant that I enabled him to have this 
entrenched cyclical dysfunctional behavior and that wasn't empowering to him at all and eventually after 23 times of letting me down i said to him look if you don't deliver on this uh, our friendship isn't over but the support the financial backing that sort of thing is over you've got to learn to deliver and take responsibility and be accountable for that and he he failed again and i i, I screamed in 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 oh just absolute despair when he let me down the the, the next time because it meant that that his organisation was well imploded, and but you see, my point is that I regret looking back that after maybe the third time of him not delivering, that I hadn't said, "Okay, buddy, uh, this, you're not being accountable to what we've said," and so uh, I'm sorry, we can't go on. And that would have saved him six years of being in this repeat, repetitious, vicious cycle of of, of underperformance. Uh, and whereas other leaders I've seen have grown and flourished and exploded and in their organisational development. In the meantime, he, he had to go back to year zero. So it's really important to show tough love um, and not be swayed. I was emotionally swayed by the immediate needs of kids and uh, I completely regret that. That was one area. Then I think of a time when I went to, actually took my family to America for a couple of years to, to launch our charity and support base over there. And, you know, I suppose I expected, because I'm vaguely well-known in England in our field, that uh, I would be invited everywhere to speak at conferences and stuff like that. And it just didn't happen. I found myself scratching around to talk at little groups here and there. And and I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this all about? And 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 I, I, I just felt very powerfully impacted when I read an article by a guy called Phil Vischer. And he was the, the founder of a group called VeggieTales that do these, these kids' programs. And he went from... He went from hero to zero, from boom to bust, as one of his distributors sued him. And uh, I was reading an article about him, and he said two things that really impacted me. The first thing he said was that um, sometimes when God gives you a dream, he lets the dream die to see whether you love him or the dream more. That impacted me. The second thing impacted me even more, and that was he said that the impact God wants you to have for him does not come when you pursue impact it comes when you pursue him. Now, whether you subscribe to following uh, God or not, that can apply anyway. It's it's just we we don't we don't need to. Well, we just need to have have the right focus, and, and the focus is bigger than ourselves. And don't pursue impact. Pursue what you subscribe to in terms of your values and, and beliefs. And uh, that was a real corrective for me. And actually, having sort of seen it as a failure, now as I look back, uh, six years on from moving back to Burundi um, after our short stint in the states, I see that we did build that um, the charity support base, and out of that is coming a hospital we're building and stuff like that. But it was, it was a, a good clarifier of motivation. And my motivation is not to people please or to impress. It's to, to, to fulfill what I believe is a God-given vision to see the transformation of that nation by getting behind people. And it's not about me. It's not about ego. It's about other people being pushed forward on the stage, me, ta- me taking a back seat and just enjoying seeing their successes as they stand on my shoulders and see further and are more effective. Mm. That's such an amazing lesson about success, isn't it? That success doesn't come when we go after the success, but when we go after like what's 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 really important behind that. Um, I see so much of that in how we define success as well. Like, is success getting the badge and getting the you know ticking the boxes, or is it something bigger and more important than that? 
um, yeah. I see loads of my friends who are very successful in the world's eyes, and yet uh, they're sort of, uh, it's hollow, and uh, they don't have much meaning in what they're doing, and, and it's not all it's cracked up to be, and it's a lonely place, and there is so much more. So out of that, I would say so much, I mean, it's cliche, isn't it? You, we want to move, and I want to continue moving from success to significance, and uh, and that in, has got to involve doing that with people as team journeying together that great african proverb if you want to go fast you go alone but if you want to go far you go together i see myself and i see it in my peers from my early years we were so passionate and motivated and driven and focused and uh, the, the the car wreck of relationships that might have come out of that if we are not staying closely aligned to our values uh, it is problematic and you know in terms of family and marriage and all those breakdowns all the things that can come out of bad choices because our our defining of success is so very very narrow and uh, you know as I look forward 20 years in Brunei to finish that now I don't know what's coming up ahead I don't feel I need to know what's coming up ahead I, 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 I know what I'm still passionate about and that will include um, Burundi but it might look different but uh, keep, you know, I just want to keep living an authentic life and it's people around me that are going to hold me to account on that one. Mm. There's a couple of themes in there that you keep coming back to that I'd love you to talk about a little bit. One is the importance of relationships and, um, yeah, the importance of relationships in leadership and in success. And the other one is about perseverance and how you keep going. What, what are the things which keep you going when, you know, I mean, you were working in a, in a war zone, you know, your friends were dying and, and how do you, how do you do that? So that's a double headed question. I know, but you can. Yeah. So to me, relationship would be everything. I, I, you know, one of my mantras is relationship is everything. You can't, you can't be fruitful, successful without, uh, being good at relationships and, and investing in relationships and relationships cannot be microwaved so the influence that I've been able to have in, in Burundi is because I've been there 20 years is because I've earned people's trust I've earned credibility when other people fled during crisis points we stayed I stayed with my family we voted with our feet most people were trying to leave we stayed so so relationship I look at you know 2015 a failed coup and horrible things happening and amidst gunfire and burning uh, roadblocks literally a few hundred yards away, I drew together our key leaders and I said, okay, this is going to cost us. Are we ready for this? Are you ready to die for what we're about to decide? And then we had this holy moment of people saying, well, actually all of them saying yes, but counting the cost. Now, and then we, 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 we divvied up roles in terms of using uh, the media that was available to speak uh, values of peace and non-violence, all that sort of stuff. And we said, who's going to address the militias? Who's going to get church folk together? Who's going to get youth? Who's going to address the army? And, and, and the fruit of that work came because we had met for breakfast once a month as key leaders for, for five, six years before that. We'd been away on retreats with our spouses. So there's an incredible depth of relationship. And so to me, relationship is absolutely critical. And then that would tie in also uh, with the perseverance because, because sometimes... And let me say, my context has been that I have wept more in the last few years than I have since I was a, a baby. Because if you love people and friends are being tortured and and 
very, very grim stuff has happened, then uh, you engage emotionally and it, and it costs to care. And so um, it's been very hard to hang on in there and, and be hopeful because as a nation, we've just literally gone back 20 years in terms of economic development, poverty, hunger. We're the hungriest country in the, in the world. We've got the highest rate of malnutrition. We came out as the UN's most miserable country in one of their surveys. So uh, it's been hard to hang on to hope. And, and sometimes you just need to have someone else who can lift you up. And sometimes you're in a better place and you can lift the other person up. Uh, but often you are just hanging on in there by the skin of your teeth going through, and clearly most listeners won't have been through a, a war zone conflict situation, but you could be going through a, you know, a breakdown of relationship or, or financial problems, whatever, where you can't see the road ahead and you've just got to hang on in there and persevere, put one foot ahead of the other. But you're not going to do that effectively alone. So again, it's back to relationship and doing that with people journeying alongside you so that we can encourage each other. And uh, I'm grateful for people around me that do that. I'm grateful, for example, you know, in terms of accountability, that I've got a bunch of guys that will ask me the tough questions about how I'm doing my journey, whether I'm compromising on my values. Uh, my best man, I don't actually really like him. His name's Dirk. And uh, I've explained that. I don't really like him because when I get an email from him, literally, I'm like, oh, no, what have I done wrong now? Because, uh, you know, he, he, is, he loves me too much to let me settle for mediocrity or, or compromise of who I am and the potential I've got to achieve, fulfill. So, you know, when I hear from him, even this week, he's picked me up on what my goals of what I'm doing right now. And, and, and I didn't reply to one email, so he followed it up again. You know, we, we need people around us who love us too much. To, to not challenge us. I'm very grateful for that. Hmm. We all need a Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here we are in uh, beautiful Switzerland, one of the uh, least hungry and least poor, the richest places in the world. You've come back from 20 years in Burundi. You know, a lot of people in your shoes would be having some kind of midlife crisis now about what's next. You know, how are you feeling about it? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you say that straight away, I'm thinking, because I come from a wealthy uh, background, uh, and here we are in a chalet looking out in the mountains, it is gorgeous. But uh, you can have everything to live with and nothing to live for. And I think that is so many people on the success wagon. And that's why it's so impor important to move from success to significance. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that I've had that significance all the way. It's, it's always been about a bit bigger picture than about myself. But a lot of people, you know, their success has been quite narrowly defined and, and, and probably on closer analysis misdefined or, 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 you know, it wasn't quite how it should have been defined as we move forward. Um, so, you know, I, I'm transitioning back to life in the UK. I, I don't really see the road ahead. I've got a crazy year of speaking around the world with my family and homeschooling, world schooling. We're two months into that. We've got eight months to go and then we'll move back to the southwest of England and uh, I'll probably go three times a year trips back out to Burundi so I'm still involved in that work uh, I suppose I need to work out at some stage whether my life work is Burundi as opposed to just 20 years so are the next 20 years going to be Burundi I don't know but uh, I'm very passionate about the nation we are Burundian we've got Burundian nationality we've identified in that way with the people and uh, so I'm a networker connector author you know all those ways of flagging out this beautiful broken country so that people get involved and uh, and support the ongoing work of of turning that country around mm. well i for one i'm looking forward to seeing what's coming next because knowing you knowing your that you're a visionary knowing the passion that you have 
I can't believe that the next 20 years are going to be less exciting than the last 20 years. So um, thank you so much for coming. The last question I want to ask you is if people want to hear more about your work in Burundi or if they want to donate to your work in Burundi, how can they do that? Thanks. Yes. If you want to grab your pen and um, piece of paper to write this down, it's greatlakesoutreach.org. We've got Great Lakes, not the North American Canadian ones, so Central Africa. So it's greatlakesoutreach.org. That gives information on all our work and, and giving options. And then if you want to follow what I'm up to, I've got a weird surname. So this is it. It's www.simongilbo, G-U-I-L-L-E-B-A-U-D.com. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to your Path to Success with Ruth Kearns-Volman. I found there's so much gold in this short interview with Simon Gilbo. One of the things I found most compelling about talking to Simon is how he kept on coming back to the importance of relationships in answer to almost every question I asked him. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. After all, he did say that one of his mantras is relationship is everything. For example, he talked about the impact of investing in relationships, in building influence and trust as a leader, the impact of supportive relationships in building resilience and perseverance, the impact of accountability in relationships, for staying, staying true to your values and showing up at your best. And of course, the importance of investing in relationships and the next generation for leaving a legacy. As he so beautifully put it, you can't be fruitful or successful without being good at relationships and investing in relationships. Relationships cannot be microwaved. That's been my experience too. When I reviewed my year a month or so ago, I looked at the things I considered highlights or successes, and I could trace the source of every one of them back to relationships that I've been investing in faithfully, some of them for many years. But having someone hold you accountable, for example, doesn't happen by chance. You have to ask someone to do that. You have to give someone permission to do that. As you look forward to the year ahead, or even the decade ahead, I want to encourage you to consider how you will nurture healthy relationships. They say you become like the five people you spend the most time with, so perhaps start there by noting who you're spending the most time with currently. Then here are some questions you can reflect on. Which relationships will you choose to invest in? What types of relationships are you perhaps missing in your inner circle? How will you develop your relationships. Maybe you need a Dirk like Simon has, someone who you will explicitly give permission to ask you the tough questions about how you're living up to your values. Maybe you need an encourager or a cheerleader who's able to lift you up when you're struggling. Maybe you need a mentor or maybe it's time for you to become a mentor or an encourager to someone else. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to receive some inspiration, encouragement and practical support on your leadership journey, then don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss, miss the next episode. In episode three, I will share more about some of the key themes around authentic leadership and how we define success raised by Virginie and Simon in episodes one and two. And for those of you who live in the Geneva region, I also want to let you know about my next one-day workshop on the 18th of January in divon le The workshop is called Your Launchpad to Success, and it's designed to help you clarify your purpose and vision and put concrete actions in place so that your day-to-day -day life reflects what's most important to you. If you're interested, you'll find more information on my website, and you can register 
for the day before the 9th of January. The website address is yourpathtosuccess.ch forward slash events. Have a great start to 2020 and keep in touch.